0: Hello, and welcome to Burns Banter, the podcast that takes a fresh look at the life and works of Robert Burns, hosted by myself, Alistair Turnbull. In this episode, I'm gonna do a wee whistle-stop tour of Burns Sites in Ayr. And what better place to start than Burns Cottage? This building behind me is where Robert Burns was born on the 25th of January, 1759. It was built by his father, William Burness, But, you look at this building just now, it's quite big, it's quite grand, right? We'll come back and we'll go inside and we'll show you what it's like. It's probably going to be a bit dark in there but we'll see what happens, okay? Follow me in. Can we see anything at all? (laughs) This part is the barn. And if you come over this way, Okay, through there is a buyer. But if Robert Burns were here right now, he wouldn't recognise this because this room and that room were added onto the building after he was born and after he'd left. It was added on probably by the shoemakers in the 1800s. Shoemakers owned this building for a long time. So this was open fields when Robert was here. Come on through and I'll show you the actual building he was born in. come through here. This room here, if we have a wee look around with a camera, was the actual buyer. Now the fireplace wasn't there, it was just a gable wall and if you look over here, there's a window. That was actually the doorway in to the the original buyer, the buyer that Burns would have known. And there were stalls over here for cattle. I believe they had four cattle and they put the stalls over here. Now, the reason they put the stalls over there is, the one room that they lived in is next door, and again, there was no fire in here, there's no central heating, it's cold. So the actual heat from the cows, the four cows, would help to heat that wall, the heat would rise, and it would go to the room next door. So this room was here in Robert's time, it was the buyer, Let's go next door, and I'll show you the living space they had for themselves. Hello. Hello
1: there.
0: Now this is the actual living space that Robert had, Robert and his family. And over here, in this corner, in this recessed bed, this is the actual place Robert Burns was born. Right there. Now, it's not the original bed. I'd like to think it was, but it's not. But that is the place that Robert was born. Right there. In this room was his living accommodation with his mum and dad. And at the time, how many brothers and sisters did he have here when he was... At, at the time, he had
1: one brother and two sisters.
0: That's right. He had his, his first brother was Gilbert and then...
1: Gilbert, uh, and then Agnes, then, Agnes. then Annabella.
0: Ah, uh-huh, right. Well, they all lived in this space, OK? If we come back in with the camera again, I'll show you. So that that remained the bed for William and Agnes, which is Robert's mum and dad. Now where did Robert and his brothers and sisters sleep? I'll tell you where they slept. They slept up there. Up there, that way. They they slept kind of head that side, feet this side, and remember I told you the cows were next door. Well, the heat would rise up, that's probably the warmest and the safest part of the house. So for the first, I think it was seven years of Robert's life, he lived in this building. Worked the land, his father showed him what to do, what lived with his, his brothers and his sisters. And I mean, it is humble beginnings, isn't it? If you look around the room, there's not much here. Is there, at all? I mean, it's just, it's weird. And I believe that there's, there's one other story I want to tell you, and you can tell me if this is true or not. On the night that Robert was born, there was a storm. Did, it, did not part of the gable wall fall down or something?
1: Not, not the night he was born. The night he was ten days old.
0: Ten days old. Ten right. days old. Right. So
1: and that corner of the gable wall and bit of the roof exactly blew in. Yeah. Uh, in a winter storm. Uh-huh. And his mother scooped him up and went running down the road to the blacksmith. Ah, so so was it. The blacksmith was it? Right. Because <laughs> the blacksmith's wife uh-huh. was the midwife. <laughs> and she she went there for uh-huh. for comfort and solace while William got on with the task of rebuilding. Rebuilding, yeah.
0: So he's ten, he's ten days old, he's living beside the cattle and the wall falls down. I mean, that's a... but his, his father fixed the wall, he came back. Yep. They spent seven years here and then there was more children on the way. So they decided they had to go somewhere else, somewhere bigger with more space. And I believe that William Burness, uh, at the time when he was here, he was a sort of market gardener, his father. But then he took on a farm called Mount Oliphant and tried to go a step up and become a farmer. Although, I don't think that worked particularly well for them at Mount Oliphant because it wasn't a particularly great farm.
1: No, he, he was a tenant farmer there. It wasn't uh-huh. a great farm, they then moved to Ohley.
0: That's right. Inside yeah.
1: Bolton, uh-huh. which was slightly better. Slightly
0: better, right. But what we're gonna do now that I've shown you here, I think we're gonna move on to the next place in Ayrshire and we'll show you some more of the places that Burns lived when he was younger, and we'll see you there. Once you've been to see where Robert was born and you've paid for the ticket to get in there you should come to the museum as well because the the ticket uh, gives you admission to the museum as well. And there's lots of artefacts in there from Burns, there's a copy of the Kilmarnock edition, there's one of his writing desks, there's a lot of information about him and his background. There's also a nice cafe if you fancy some lunch. So uh, well worth a visit after you've been to the Burns Cottage to come down here and find out more about the man himself. So this is the old Alleyway Kirkyard. It's not that far from the Burns Museum, which I can see just over there. And it's about a five minute walk from Burns' cottage, which is just up there. Now this place, even in Burns' time, was a ruin. It, it dates back to the 12th century, but it's very important to Robert because his father and his sister, Isabella, are buried here. His father's buried right here. This is his grave. William Burns, farmer in Loch Hill. died on the 15th of February 1784, 63 years of age. And and Robert wrote an inscription which is in the back of the uh, the gravestone. So these words here were written by Robert. I'm not going to read them all out, it takes a wee while, but that was written by Robert for his father. This is also famous for Tam O'Shanter because this is the kirkyard where uh, Tam O'Shanter, after getting drunk at the the farmer's market, was riding home. And this is where he saw the devil and he saw the witches and them all dancing round about and the open coffins. And this is where he sees it all happen. And then they chase Tam O'Shanter away, right? And they chase him on his grey horse called Meg and they chase him right down that road over there. And that's the place we're going to go to next, because it's a place called the Brig O'Doon. And it was just the superstition at the time that witches and the devil couldn't cross running water. So Tam had to go on his horse and run away from them all to cross over the river so they couldn't follow him. So let's go down and have a look at the Brig O'Doon. And here it is, the Brig O'Doon, the bridge over the River Doon. It's the bridge that Tam O'Shanter raced across on his horse to get away from the witches and the warlocks and the wizards and the devil and this is where the witch called Pussy Nancy grabbed at Meg's tail and ripped the tail off the horse but he got away because he went over the other side of the river. The actual bridge has been here since the 1400s and Robert would have crossed it many times as a child. His father crossed it every day to work at the Doon Estate. So Robert basically took the landscape of his uh, childhood and used it and his imagination for his writing. And this one will be ever, forever immortalised in Tam O'Shantar. In fact, the bridge itself has been saved from demolition twice uh, because of its connection with the poet, which I think is a good thing. Let's move on to the next place. This building behind me is the Robert Burns Monument. Uh, it was thought fitting to have a, a large monument to Burns in Ayrshire, and what better place to, to put it? It was actually built around about 1820, and it was uh, the cost of the building was raised by subscriptions of Burns lovers all around the world. So let's uh, go inside, have a quick look, and uh, we'll do a bit more upstairs as well. In here, there's a great echo. I love, love the sound of this place. But uh, there's a lot of Masonic symbolism in here, in the floor, and the ceiling, all round about. Robert was amazing himself so that's not surprising. We're going to go up the stairs through here and we'll show you the view from upstairs. The stairs are slippy. So here we are on top of Robert Burns' monument and over my left shoulder you can probably see it's the Brigadoon, the Bridge Over the River Doon. Behind the camera, just five minutes walk up there, is the old Allowy Kirkyard. What better place to put the Robert Burns Monument than right here? I'm almost inspired to say a few words but the only thing that comes to mind for some reason is Far fae your honest on a face. Great chieftain of the pudding race. Aboon the ma, you tack your place. Paid stripe and theorem. Well, are you worthy o' oh grace? As lang as my earum I don't know, maybe I'm hungry. Maybe it's time for lunch. <laughs> That's what it is. Let's move on to the next in uh, Burns Place in Ayrshire. The building behind me is in Tarbolton. And it's where Robert Burns had his uh, bachelor's club. A, the room actually that they had was the room that's upstairs. And at one point in Tarbolton, it was the largest room in the village, so they used it for all sorts of meetings. Now, the Tarbolton Bachelor's Club was all about Robert and other people from farms getting together and brushing up their social manners. They grew up on the farm, they didn't really spend much time in the town. They felt they were a bit too rustic, so they wanted to get better at talking to people and debating. So the Tarbolton Bachelors Club was more of a debating society and it was meant to improve their skills at speaking. They also did a bit of dancing to improve their skills at dancing. But that was it, it was to improve their social etiquette. Some people get it confused as a club where they used to go drinking and having a good time. No, they did plenty of that in other places. The Tarbolton Bachelors Club was all about improving their manners. And I'm glad the building still survives today. It's been threatened to be knocked down a couple of times, but it's been saved so Here it is the Mocklin's Bachelor's Club. I wish I could get inside but unfortunately it's locked So we can't go inside so that's a, a reason to come back another time Anyway, let's go to the next Burns site Okay, we're in Mocklin and we're in a pub called Pussy Nancy's now they keep one room in this pub authentic to Burns time, as you can see. The old fireplace behind me, the old furniture roundabout, the low ceilings that I'm almost hitting my head off right here. It's unbelievable. Again, beautiful pictures of Burns above the fireplace and pictures taken from the, the cantata The Jolly Beggars because the, the the huge epic poem The Jolly Beggars was inspired by a visit to Pussy Nancy's by Burns, and all the characters that he saw here. So I'm sitting here by the fire in Pussy Nancy's, and I'm inspired to recite a poem. I'm inspired because I have memories of my dad saying this poem. It's a poem called Willie Wassell, Willie Wassell's wife. And I remember him always saying, I wouldn't give a button for her. And he took great, great joy and pleasure in saying those words. So I'm going to try and recite it just now, and I hope you enjoy it as well. Willie Wassell dwelt on Tweed, the spot they called it Lincoln Doddy. Willie was a wabster gid, he could stow a cloon with anybody. He had a wife, was dour and dun. old Tinker Major was her mother. Sick a wife as Willie had, I wouldn't he a Whitney gear button for her. She has an E, she has but ain. The cat has twa the very colour. Five rusty teeth for by a stump. A clapper tongue would diva miller. A whiskin beard about her moo. Her nose and her chin, they threatened one another. Sick a wife as Willie had, I wouldn't give a button for her. She was bow hawked, she was hem shinned, in limpin' leg, a hand breed shorter. She's twisted right, she's twisted left, to balance fair and ilka quarter. She had a hump upon her breast, she had a hump, the, the twin of which upon her shoulder. Sick a wife as Willie had, I wouldn't give a whitney gear button for her. Old Bodron's by the ingle sits, and we have loof, her face a washing But Willie's wife is Nacy trig, She dicts her funsy, we are hushin'. Her wally neaves like mitten creels, her fast would file the Logan water. Sick a wife as Willie had, a Whitney Gee a button for her. But uh, we've been welcomed here by the people in the pub and they've let us into this room and I'm very glad of the hospitality. So, I, I would advise you come to Pussy Nancy's. It's, maybe, it's a working man's pub, I don't be expecting anything else, but it's a good experience for me. Here we are at Gill Farm. This is one of the places that is most associated with Robert Burns. Now he moved here in 1784 with his brother Gilbert and the rest of the family and they started to farm here. They didn't do particularly well to start off with. They they blamed their first year of bad harvest on buying bad seed and they blamed their second year of reasonably bad harvest on harvesting late. But you have to think, was Robert's mind completely on farming? Because he wrote a lot of poetry here, a lot of well-known poems a poem such as "A uh, Death and Dr. Hornbrook, Holy Willie's Prayer, The Lasso Balloch Mile, Twa Dugs. The list goes on and on and on. And probably his most famous poem ever, To a Moose, was written here. It was inspired by him one day ploughing in the fields behind me. In one of these fields behind me, he went through a mouse's nest and it upset him to see the fact that he'd destroyed the mouse's nest and the mouse had to live its, or try and live its life out in the winter. Now, I know for a fact that his brother Gilbert was asked about uh, this particular poem many years after Robert's death. And the guy that was interviewing him said, uh, do you remember that poem, you know, To a Mouse? And, and Gilbert said, yeah, yeah, I do. It. He says, well, how did it come about? And he says, well, yeah, Robert did. was He was out, out ploughing the fields one day and he went through a mouse's nest. And he came into the farmhouse, and he was really upset. He was pacing up and down, and he sat down and immediately started to write this poem. And the guy said, well, how long did it take him to write the poem? And Gilbert said, he finished it that day. He wrote To a Mouse in one day. In the <music> To a Moose, written by Robert Burns in 1785, in the very house behind me. Written about a mouse in the very fields behind me. To a moose. We sleek it, cowering, timorous beastie. Oh, what a panic is in thy briste. There needn't a start a wha, say hasty, we bicker and brattle. I'd be lazy to run and chase thee, we murder and paddle. I'm truly sorry man's dominion has broken nature's social union and justifies that ill opinion which makes thee startle at me, thy poor earth born companion and fellow mortal. I doubt na whiles, but thou may thieve. What then, poor beastie, thou maun live? A demon icker in a thrave's a smart request. I'll get a blessing with a lave, and never miss it. Thy wee bit hoosey, too, in ruin, it silly was the winds are strewing, and Nathan now to big a newin o foggage green, and bleak December's winds ensuing, baith snell and keen. Thou saw the fields laid bare and waste, and weary winter coming fast, and cosy here beneath the blast, you thought to dwell, till crash, the cruel Coulter passed out through thy cell. That wee bit heap o' leaves and stubble has cost thee money a weary nibble. Now thou'st turned out for all thy trouble, both house or hald, to thole the winter's sleety dribble and cranach called But moosey Thou art no thy lane, and proving foresight might be in vain. The best laid schemes, o' mice and men, gang after glide, and lea's naught but grief and pain for promised joy. Still, thou art blest compared with me. The present only toucheth thee, but och, a backward cast my eye on prospects drear, and forward. Though I kind of see, I guess, and fear. Now, the buildings didn't exactly look like this in Robert's day. The building was only a one story, uh, three room Button Bend. Uh, it's, the farm developed over the years. So Robert wouldn't recognise these buildings, but I, the downstairs is where he wrote To a Mouse and many more of his poems as well. And I can still feel a real sense of Burns in this area. There's the Burns Monument just down the road. The Burns Houses are there. His influence is still all over Ayrshire. Well, I hope you've enjoyed our Whistle Stop Tour. Because I'm going to stop the Whistle Stop Tour here because I can think of no other better place to be than Mossgill Farm. So, again, I hope you've enjoyed this. I, and I hope to see you on the next episode of Burns Banter. But until then, slunge